0: Welcome to What's Happening, a podcast created by and for the Anglophone East School District. Join us every week on your drive to work, your walk around the block, in the staff room, or while you're relaxing. You bring the coffee and we'll bring the news.
1: Subscribe to this podcast on your preferred streaming platform to get notified when a new episode comes out every week.
0: My name is Brian Willett, one of your hosts for What's Happening. I'm the subject coordinator for numeracy and Science, grades 6 to 12, here in the Anglophone East School District.
1: And my name's Stephanie Patterson, the Director of Communications here at Angle Ponies as well. We're so excited to be hosting this podcast for you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What's Happening. Uh, Stephanie and I are taking a little bit of a different approach on this episode. We're going to talk about ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd give uh, our listeners an overview of kind of what our day-to-day looks like outside of recording the podcast because we uh, do have other... Uh, maybe less fun responsibilities, but um, we do have other responsibilities uh, uh, throughout the days and the week. So we thought maybe we'd give you a little overview of that.
0: And let's be real; I was getting a little jealous of interviewing everyone <laughs> and, and, and telling everybody about their roles. Uh, but this is a great way to connect and everyone know what we do uh, for the district on top of hosting this podcast. and And just let's dive into the podcast a little bit because I think you know to share with our listeners a how it started and where it's going today. Um, you know, we wanted to share what's happening, as we mentioned earlier, over the airwaves. Uh, it used to be paper-based, and then now it's digitized um, through through e- emails and, and Flipbook, um, and now sharing the podcast. And, and it's evolving. You know, we've done some great interviews with with district staffs um, uh, here at the district, and, and seeing how things have evolved over the pandemic. Uh, but even just learning about how a school district operates has kind of brought light to to what everyone does. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's been really, really cool to learn. I mean, I've I, I've worked with uh, most of the people that we've interviewed for years, and really had didn't have an in depth understanding of what their day to day looks like. And it's it's been incredible to uh, to to get a feel for the amount of of work that goes on behind the scenes in a to make a, a district run.
0: Absolutely, and that's a huge piece of it. Is all that work that goes on behind the scenes, and and we know that at the school level, there's a lot of work that's happening behind the scenes and on a day to day basis. So just to reiterate that we've been saying at every podcast is if you think there's something great happening at the school or in that community, share it with us. Uh, whether it's Stephanie or myself or or through the district uh, email, share the good news that's happening because we want to share that through the podcast so that we can highlight all those amazing things that are happening in our schools.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, our emails can be found uh, on our district website, Um, but very easily it's our first name dot our last name at nbed.nb.ca. And um, just to share one of those cool projects, I got a submission yesterday from a teacher at Salem Elementary, um, which is in Sackville, and two of their grade one French immersion classrooms are um, pairing up as pen pals with one of the um, senior citizens complexes in Moncton. So they wrote their first letter to them in French to practice, to practice their French writing. And uh, they've just received their first letter back. So, uh, so the, the project's off and running and it's, I think it'll be a great, a great uh, experience for everybody involved.
0: How oh, amazing for those students to have authentic conversations with individuals and, and for those you know individuals in that complex to be able to communicate with with students and know that they're they're helping those um those those students really grow the language and their ability to write and communicate. So that's a fascinating story. Um and thank you uh for sharing that Salem Elementary and for everyone out there listening for sure. Share your stories, share the amazing things that are happening so that we can highlight them because not just highlight them over the airwaves, but we love to hear about them too.
1: Yeah, we, we, we certainly do. And it's, um, you know, uh, this can, this can feel like an isolating time, especially for, uh, our senior population. So I think it's a great, a great project to, to take on and to, and to help everybody kind of socialize. All right. So
0: without further ado, let's dive into our interviews of ourselves here on what's happening. So I'm the subject coordinator for numeracy and science, grades six to 12, for the English and French immersion programs. And I also look after a district hosted AP calculus course. I also look after co-op education and a few other things at the high school level um, here in the district. So a little bit about me though, as a bit of a background, I I started my career out at Caledonia Regional High School. I taught there, taught math and science for grades eight through 10 for several years. From there, I was seconded uh, to the province to help them build a digitized screener, math screener program, and I did that for for half a year. And then I was, uh, I worked with the school district. I was um, uh, at the time called a tech mentor, which then turned into an educational support teacher for STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics for K to 12. And then from that role is I I became a subject coordinator for that that portfolio. so yeah, it's been quite the journey here in the east, and my entire career has been spent here in Anglophone East, uh, which has been fantastic.
1: That's awesome. I had no idea that you took uh, care of um, AP AP courses or co-ops. So that's a an addition. That's a, kind of a, an interesting addition to your uh, numeracy and science. Well, I guess not calculus. I never took calculus. So
0: <laughs> yeah, and and, and and you know, as portfolios work, it it every year they they kind of shift and change. We we take on. Um, new courses or or new workloads just to as they fit within our portfolios and and although co-op and 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 things like that don't necessarily fit under math and and science it's definitely uh, an experiential learning opportunity for students when they when they leave their school to go to to workplace so it's um it's new to my portfolio this year actually so it's it's been a learning curve but it's definitely amazing to see how the students can have on the job training
1: yeah i can imagine um so I did co-op when I, when I was in high school, I was the, uh, I did, I actually did it at the, um, times and transcript. So I was a student reporter there. Uh, super um, fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, so yeah. So, um, as with everybody, everybody's kind of role has changed under the lens of COVID, um, or evolved, I guess I don't want to say necessarily changed, but we've had to kind of prioritize our focus, I guess. Um, so how can you, do you have any any kind of concrete things that you could say, okay, yeah, this is a change I've made because of because of the COVID pandemic?
0: Yeah. And and with many people that we've been talking to here on the podcast, you can see that there has been a shift in the work and, and how things work. And, and like many people have said, my role used to be a lot of in-person meetings, both with the ECD and with our schools and at the district level. Uh, but one of the major changes obviously is going to virtual. So we have Almost daily meetings with either ECD district or the school. So uh, the number of meetings ha- has evolved. I think just due to accessibility, but also the um, the importance of of getting together to make sure that we can align and 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 do what's best for schools in the current pandemic. That's so that's one change is obviously moving to the online format, um, and the other format is our schools. In my portfolio specifically for math and science we we've done a lot we do a lot of hands-on learning we do a lot of experiential learning exploratory learning uh through stem education um so that inquiry model has stayed the same however how it is used in schools has changed due to cleaning practices um so obviously at the middle school level um you know they're they're not bubbled together they shift so for teachers to use tools and inquiry materials from one class to the next they have to be sanitized um, to be moved on. So that has been kind of one of the shift is looking at both those protocols and, and strategies to do that so that um, inquiry learning doesn't become a burden, uh, but it can still be useful in, in classrooms. So um, in order to help teachers kind of look at that model and, and still use it because we don't want to stray away and, and go maybe back to a more traditional method. Um, we've cr- we've started um, a newsletter called Innovate. And Innovate is a K-12 newsletter that that highlights multidisciplinary approaches towards education uh, in an effort to stay within those guidelines, um, of not necessarily needing to sanitize and not needing a lot of materials or it's uh, materials that students, they themselves would have to be able to build something, for example, like used uh, uh, plastic recyclable bottles, uh, things like that. So um, that's how sh- work has shifted. So the the thinking has changed, changed a little bit and uh, becoming creative and innovative and in, in how we do what we've done um, so that we can move forward both in person or at home if that day were ever to come.
1: Yeah. Um I th- I think a lot of uh, our our kind of lens has focused to okay, um what if there's a shutdown where in years previous we would have never even conceived that there could possibly be a multi-week or a a multi-month shutdown before um so now we've we've kind of had to switch our our thoughts to okay, what does a contu- continuation of learning approach look like?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 Nancy, who was just on the show last week, you know, had mentioned the prioritized curriculum, um, which in my portfolio, obviously, we I have one for um, six, grade six to eight, and of course for the nine, ten, uh, and then some of the ha- um, high school courses have received a prioritized curriculum as well. Um, it's looking at those and looking at how could we continue to learn at home, which is you know, it's not just a huge shift. It's, it's kind of thinking outside the box. It's not even thinking outside the box. We've moved beyond the box um, because it's never been done before. So it's, you know, how do you teach, you know, a dissection lab if, if you're not in person? Um, so that that is definitely becoming creative. Um, and and not, I, I keep using that word creative, but it's just trying to find solutions that don't exist yet. So allowing the autonomy to teachers to try something. And I think we've said that a couple of times on a few of our shows where it's try something. If it doesn't work, it's okay. We'll try something else. Uh, and that's the reality of what we're in right now: is is trying anything to see if 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 and what can work and what is effective.
1: Right, and yeah, I I know that I we've said that a couple times too. There's a little bit more maybe liberation, um, or liberty, I guess in 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 the aspect of, okay, well, this might fail, and it not feeling necessarily like a failure, more of like a okay, we've tried, and now we'll try something else. So I think that that can be a healthy, healthy change in our perspective too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That liberty and and that knowing that, you know, failure is a step forward towards success. uh, Because oftentimes we fear failure and saying, Oh, I didn't work. So I'm, I'm not good at what I do. But, you know, knowing that trying multiple things, even though they failed will lead us to something that is very successful in the end. Um, And, 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 you know, we mentioned about what changes and typically in my role, we pull teachers together for in-person meetings, both for professional learning, but exactly what we're talking about is what things could work. Uh, And that's not a reality this year. So we're trying to do things virtually and connecting through teams or, or, or emails and, and really just being able to support in that method. So, you know, we, we, we say that out there, try it, let us know what we can do to help. And see what we can do, and 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 sometimes that face to face conversation is helpful. Uh, but our reality this year is, is being able to do it virtually.
1: Do you find yourself to be maybe more, even more accessible to teachers this year because of the um, shift to more virtual opportunity thinking? So before it would be like, oh, I want to talk about this, but I'll call a meeting a week from now or a month from now, and then we'll talk about this. We're more. I find more now. It's like, do you have time for a quick call? I have an idea.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up. You know, I've, for the past couple of years, I've thought, wow, I'm, I'm always accessible because you know, uh, our, my email goes through my phone or text messaging or, or whatever. Um, and this year more than ever, it's, it's to that exact point. Someone would say, oh, I have a question about this. And instead of saying, oh, well, let's connect next week. It's let's just, do you have 10 minutes? Let's connect now. Um, because a lot of these things, a lot of these questions that teachers or administrators have, are sometimes pressing concerns and and you want the answer because you don't want it to to fester in the back of your mind and cause anxiety and stress as you move forward so yeah for myself you know i've noticed that i've been really really accessible which i kind of pride myself on that is i want to be accessible and i want to be able to answer those questions in a timely fashion because i know that they are important to schools and they're important to teachers so absolutely but i think that's uh, when we talk about positive changes though i think to me that's a positive change um for both myself, but for the schools, you know, knowing, it, I mean, it's not healthy to be accessible 24 uh, seven. But knowing that you're able to answer questions, you know, periodically throughout the day, and then move on, you know, and not say, Oh, we'll wait till next week. I think that's a positive change to say we can, we can handle that we can handle those quick responses. Um, larger group or larger, you know, uh, questions may need to be addressed later on. But I think we're able to do a lot of these um, small fires if uh, people will often say like a small fire can be put out right away um, and that's I think that's a great great for us to be able to do that and support our schools
1: yeah I I would agree that it's it's made us um, at the office um, more readily acceptable accessible for for staff and and schools but is there anything else you'd like our listeners to to know about what what specifically you do I guess how do you specifically support schools that would be a question.
0: Yeah that's a great question. So I in our roles so there are there are seven subject coordinators uh that look at at different portfolios. And what we do is support administrators when looking at how teachers are teaching not necessarily how they're teaching but the content of what they're teaching um so for me numeracy and science grades 6 through 12 you know i'm i'm available to administrators to help them in support of those curricular areas at those grade levels so that could be something like walkthroughs in their school to see how things are going um also supporting teachers and in, in being able to um uh, deliver the content and, and in ways that are more we keep saying the word creative but using technology uh, versus the more traditional ways so so as coordinators and, and myself specifically you know i'm I'm there to help both the teacher and the administrators develop the math and science programs at their school for current teaching practices um, and in our current reality online teaching practices but also help them improve um, so that we provide the best education. All right, Stephanie, so enough about me and, and, and let's dive into a little bit about what a director of communications does at the district. So Stephanie, tell our listeners a little bit about what your role, your title, um, and, and how you got there.
1: Um, okay, well, um, I'm the director of communications. I've been in this role since um, 2018. I, my background is actually in journalism, so I have a journalism degree from uh, University of King's College. Um, and then I worked as a reporter for a couple years Well, as a summer student reporter um, while I was in university, so I had uh, I had experience that way throughout my degree and then I graduated with my degree and decided that it wasn't maybe what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So my parents were thrilled. And then I uh, I started working for the, I graduated 2009 and I started working uh, I worked for a nonprofit for uh, nine months and then I uh, started working with the district in community schools uh, in 2010 and I did I was a community schools coordinator for three years and then I um, moved to the community engagement coordinator position which was which oversaw the community schools team. and uh, because I had a background in journalism, I also managed the communications portfolio uh, under that umbrella as well. So, um, but because community engagement, as we know from our interview with Heather Storty is a massive portfolio, the communications portfolio was always kind of a uh, reactive portfolio and it was just kind of on the, on the back burner. Um, So in 2018, they, uh, the department decided to split to To have a dedicated communications director because I think in other districts the superintendent was handling um, communications as well, and that's again as a back burner kind of reactive portfolio. Um, so they dedicated a director of communications for each of the districts, and um, so then I, I applied for that position and I I got it. Um, so yeah, so I've been dedicated to communications for three going on three years now. So,
0: that's super that's super exciting. So what is what does communications entail at a district level?
1: Oh, oh, I, I, I always call it the, um, kind of like the people, people show up in my office and say like, do you do this? And I'm like, I can. (laughs) So it's always, it's kind of like a catch all position. Um, but primarily, uh, I would handle all media requests that come through, uh, our schools in the district. So, um, if a reporter, approaches the school, then, um, that gets flipped to me. Um, sometimes it's as easy as saying like, yep, that sounds like a great interview. And then just, uh, coordinating the, the, the times for the reporter to go to a specific school and, and talk about something that's going on there. Um, or sometimes it's more managing those requests at our level and, um, and, uh, developing messaging, uh, and, or statements surrounding a specific situation. Um, and then, uh, Rarely, thankfully, it is um, it is kind of a crisis communication uh, situation where you know there might be something that happened at a school that needs our um, that's attracted uh, media attention and, and needs to um, to be managed at our level too. And certainly with COVID, uh, especially in like March, that was uh, a, a massive. Well, for for like you know, two or three weeks, that was a huge part of my communication agenda, just trying to get consistent and also um, timely messages out there so that we weren't leaving people in wait for too long, which was uh, a huge challenge at that time, because we didn't, we didn't know what was what was going to happen next. Um, so at, at a certain point, it was just about putting statements and and messages out there that said, we know you're still waiting. As soon as we have more information, we'll we'll give it to you. Um which you know is frustrating uh, for all of us, but it, it can be uh, relieving to the public too to, to know that they we haven't forgotten about them. Um, and um, I also will help um, principals sometimes if they if a message needs to go home to their uh, school community, like their parents and their families, and you know it's beyond the normal weekly update voicemail that um, maybe something specific needs to be addressed or just something needs to be kind of formulated. Um, and they're, they they do not they either don't have time to, to write the message specifically. They'll ask me for support with that. So I'll, I'll help. I, I have some templates. I mean, being in the job for, for three years now, I have some templates done up for kind of re- reoccurring situations that, uh, that are kind of fill in the blank that, that help support principles. Um, and then I also handle the right to information privacy protection act. Um, so with the RTIPA, uh. Which is basically the privacy laws of New Brunswick. Um, so I handle that act. So sometimes we get requests uh, through that that I need to uh, evaluate and decide who gets what uh, information or if it's a, a reasonable request or not. So um, yeah, and I also manage the Facebook, the social media pages. Um, I do some some information sharing. Via video, especially this year, um, and yeah, I manage just basically messaging is what I manage.
0: <laughs> it's it seems like there's it's you said it before. There's a, it's kind of like catch-all position, but it's like you 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 are in charge of communications, obviously. But there's so many different platforms and venues and ways to get that message out, and sometimes right. it's the same message, but you have to post it in four different platforms to make sure it reaches everyone.
1: Right, and also. I mean, I know like um, we've worked together before with the with the STEM Expo. So um, there are various projects like that that go on in the district, and like Heather, uh, when we interviewed Heather, the Youth Mental Health Summit. So there's various little committees for for projects that happen that all kind of need a communication aspect to it as well. So those are great too because I I get to uh, be part of a fun committee as part of my my role too to help uh, help with communication surrounding those too. So yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, we talk about interviewing everyone on the podcast and you get to know about people and it's it's just that, right? It's and we've worked together for years and you get to know <laughs> so much about a person, you know, and, and everything that the portfolio kind of entails. Um, so and we talk about COVID and we've talked about it with, with everyone, how the global pandemic has kind of altered our roles and, and shifted mm-hmm. a little bit. So how has that shifted your work as a director of communications?
1: I I say everybody's role has shifted, but mine has probably shifted the least because, um, like I alluded to, crisis communications has always kind of been a smaller part of my portfolio. But the feeling of crisis communications and needing to get that messaging out is always the same. So even when we were heading into um, what we what we speculated was going to be a a province wide shutdown, um, that feeling was the same that I, I get for every type of crisis. So I was just kind of focused in that mode, like trying to figure out the best way to deliver, push this information out and the best way to say it so that everybody understood um, and understood that we were working on it (laughs) Um, and also waiting for information to come. Um, So yeah, so um, but then after that, what what I find has shifted is um, there is, uh, uh definitely more virtual meetings. Um I would I would say that uh previous to this, I was probably going to Fredericton to meet with EECD or um other uh, EECD is the Department of Education um and uh or or other stakeholders um in Fredericton, government stakeholders in Fredericton, probably once or twice a month. And I haven't been since February um, because all of those meetings are being conducted virtually now, um, which is a time saver and a a resource saver for sure. Because there's not an hour and a half drive, there's no overnight uh, stay. Um, So yeah, so that's been a a shift for sure. I will say that I think I'm um, connecting more with more often with my colleagues in the other districts, the other directors of communications. Uh, We've always had a great collaborative relationship. Um, but for and we've always met, uh, met in person, but now we we probably meet once or twice a week just to touch base because a lot of the issues or, or requests, especially media requests that affect the whole province, they come to all of us. So we're able to kind of collaborate and say like, okay, what, how are you guys doing it there? Okay, and then and then generate um, the information that so that everybody is kind of aligned in their communications. Um, so yeah, so we're probably, well, I have a meeting with them this afternoon. So, um, so yeah, so we're, we're definitely meeting virtually more. We do miss meeting in person because, uh, like I said, we, we work really well together. Uh, so we do miss that, but it is nice that we're touching base more often as well.
0: Yeah, it definitely is a nice feeling to be able to touch base more often and stay together. Uh, but it what you know, exact point is that social aspect too, that human aspect is, is something that I'm missing because seeing people in 2d on a flat, screen is not the same as being able to be in the same room together Uh, but obviously you know it's a shift but it's you know hopefully a temporary shift Um, and something I want to ask you you know for our listeners you know who are listening to what's happening as a podcast there's more to what's happening than just this podcast so what what is what's happening you know where what is the origins of the what's happening um, newsletter and what does it normally contain
1: um yeah so the what's happening podcast is um basically an evolution of what is the What's Happening newsletter. Um, it, even though the podcast was Brian's idea, but it, we kind of evolved it into uh, being part of that What's Happening brand, so to speak. Um, so the newsletter has been around since well before I got here. Um, and what it was, what it started was, was just basically a, a weekly email um, that separated the each school into what was going on in their schools could be anything bake sale, dance picture day, whatever. Um, so uh, that went out as a weekly email, just a uh, long form, no, no real um, pizzazz to it, as they say, um, which was great. Um, and then as things evolved, um, it was housed on our website as a, a link under our news section. Same, um, No real pictures, just kind of block paragraphs of here's what's going on in each school. Um, Still went out to all staff and um, and the media and the um, district education council, as well as government officials at EECD, um, just to kind of give everybody a general overview of what what awesome things are happening in our schools or even general things. Um, And then um, when I started... Being able to focus directly on communications, I kind of looked at the whole portfolio that I would had basically as a back burner for what would have been five years at that time, um, and thought, okay, how can I make this more interesting and more, um, you know, readily more more accessible to people? So um, I started looking at other districts' websites and uh, noticed that in the Halifax uh, area they had a flipping book. Uh, right on their homepage that people were able to click on and kind of find out good news pieces that were happening in schools. Um, and there's so many amazing projects that happen in schools that are, people are just not aware of because they're maybe they don't they don't have kids in school or they don't work directly in a school. So, you know, it's not top of mind, Um and it was just really visually appealing and seemed really easy, which is good for me, because even when I was a journalist, uh, I was not a, a layout journalist. <laughs> I was not good at that. Um, so it was uh, very easy to submit information and kind of design it in a way that was visually appealing and um, easy to click through. And it even makes little noises when you turn the page, which <laughs> I found amusing. Um, so yeah, so then I, I, I started putting it in that and it, it got a, a lot of positive feedback the first year. Um, which was really great. And, um, and yeah, so now I've uh, just kind of kept it in that I play with the layout a little bit more now to just to, to make it I, I was very like simple with it at first. Um, but now I've I'm more comfortable with it. So I've played with the layout. And now flipping book has added the ability to add video content to it, which is really neat. Um, so you don't even have to leave to go to a different website, you can watch the video right in the right in the the magazine, so to speak. But um, which is really cool. We've we've put some some cool stuff in there. And um, yeah, so on Thursday mornings, I send out a, a reminder to schools to submit anything that they want. And um, then I go through it and just make sure that it's, uh, uh, you know, I try not to put like soccer tryouts or things like that in there just because that's not other schools don't need to know about that. Um But, uh, and that information goes home directly from the schools to the parents. Um, But like thing, awesome projects and stuff that are are going on. I I stick that in there and and hope to inform the public. And we get quite a few clicks on our, on it every week. So that was a very long explanation about a newsletter.
0: (laughs) No, but the history of the newsletter is huge because, you know, you talk about an evolution, but it's exactly that, you know, in the podcast, you know, the birth of the podcast was in a sense designed to share what's happening at the district. Um, in the same sense that the newsletter is shared to what's happening in the schools, and and we're really merging the two worlds, you know, trying to share, you know, so again, a shout out to schools to to send in what's happening because we want to highlight it, you know, through the podcast. Although there's no videos or 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 clip arts that we can add here, but you know, it'll be in the newsletter, and, and we want to be able to talk about it and share those stories. Um, so I think that work is amazing because, to your point of of getting huge feedback, I think it's evolution over time and and purpose, so that people can see what's happening, you know, in schools and around schools so that th- they can see the good news.
1: And um, yeah, and I I certainly probably until I got into this role, didn't realize that I certainly never expected to put that much thought into how would a newsletter be best received and most well read. And but there is, you know, I appreciate when I see really good newsletters done now, because I'm like, oh, I could do I my, my brain is looking for ideas in that aspect now. Right. So it's uh, I appreciate that there, there is work that goes behind those, those concepts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you can see every time you click on those flipping books, every time what what's happening comes out, you know, the work that goes into it and the videos and the, and the pictures, and it's a great way to showcase what's happening in our schools. Um. So, you know, to our listeners, Stephanie, what else is there that you'd want them to know about your role as a director of communications or, or even just about yourself?
1: Um, well, uh, in terms of my director of communications, I, uh, I want people to know, um, that I'm accessible and available to support schools. So even if it's as simple as like, I'm trying to formulate this message to go home to parents and I'm just not sure, um, if this sounds right, or I just don't have time. I need to send a, a message home about this and I just don't have time to do it, um, I love, I love writing. So I am, and I, uh, I've, I've gotten to a point where I can type it out pretty, pretty quickly once my brain starts working in that direction. Um, so I'm happy to take that kind of stuff off people's, uh, plate and to provide support. Um, I also, um, I'm happy to, I, uh, the, the general, uh, the general email. So the A S D E info Um, email, I uh, manage that inbox as well. So if parents have any questions, um, it's, it's a great uh, tool to email those questions if you have questions about the district, Um, and then I can forward that off to the person who can best answer that appropriately. Or uh, I've developed kind of a a pretty good backlog of general knowledge about how things work. So if it's something I can answer, I try to do that uh, in a fairly timely way. Um, But yeah, mostly, I just want to let people know that I'm accessible and here to to support you, and if I can't figure out how I can support you, then I'm I'm able to kind of figure out who can best who can best do uh, support you in that project or uh, message.
0: Absolutely amazing, and 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 thank you for sharing. You know your work and your background, and 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 the passion behind communicating what's happening um, in our schools, but also supporting our schools. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for today's episode about Stephanie and I. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) our interviews with each other uh, and learned a little bit more about who we are, not just hosts of podcasts. We have roles here in the district as well uh, that we do to support both the education of our students and the teachers and our administrators in those schools. Um, So hopefully you gained a little bit of knowledge about our specific roles and learned a little bit more about who we are.
1: Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Um, and it's, I learned more about Brian and we talk every week. (laughs) So that was great. Um, so thank you so much for listening to our podcast as we have kind of um, evolved it over the last few weeks. We are very excited about it. We love doing this. We are going to go to a bi-weekly format, um, from here on out. So we will have more interviews coming up for you in two weeks.
0: So as always, don't forget to subscribe to us on the streaming platform that you are listening to us on right now to get notifications of when a new episode comes out bi-weekly. And don't forget, as always, stay tuned, stay connected, and stay creative. This is What's Happening.